0: Hello there, I'm Patrick Stroh. Welcome to M&A Masters, where I speak with the leading experts in mergers and acquisitions. We're all about one thing here, that's a clean exit for owners, founders, and their investors. Now, I'm really looking forward to today's conversation because it covers a topic that is near and dear to my heart, which is marketing slash business development. I'm joined by Jordan Selleck, founder of 51 Labs. 51 Labs provides digital marketing to the lower middle market, and I'll let Jordan tell you more about that. But first of all, Jordan, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining me today. Thanks a lot. To give our listeners some context, why don't you tell us how you got into 51 Labs? What what led you to this point in your career?
1: A uh, string of failures. So, you know, it's it's been this crazy, crazy journey. Uh, I got out of i got a college in 2007 and went to merrill lynch private wealth management nobody in their right mind was going to give someone 50k who was fresh out of puberty like in 2007 2008 and so i uh i actually met a a a person at a christmas party in 2007 she taught english in italy and i thought that was much better than doing merrill lynch private wealth management at 22 years old so I, I actually headed to Shanghai, and I taught English in Shanghai for 18 months, met a guy in a bar who did investment banking, and then made that kind of seamless transition from teaching English in Shanghai to banking in New York. Uh, I did six years, two months, eight days of investment banking, and <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, uh, I forgot the hours, um, it was actually an, an awesome experience, and it really taught me how to market myself and how to do business development Um, you know we were in the new york office when we get we would get hired by a you know a japanese private equity firm to to sell a business for them part of what we would be doing is contacting global buyers and in the new york office you know we would be helping to contact the u.s sponsors the u.s corp dev teams um, in addition to being hired on u.s sell sides Uh, so did that for a little bit over six years and then uh, my, my former boss uh, gave me the swift kick in the tail, which I actually needed. And he basically said, like, I know you are interested in doing your own businesses. I know you've probably been doing it for a couple of years. Like, here's three months severance. Best of luck. And I'll support your first business. And it was actually the swift wow. kick that I needed. Um, he, 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 he paid for two of my early events. He's one of my customers now, one of my clients now at 51 Labs. And... So this kind of brings us to February 2016, and I'm kind of wandering in the desert trying to figure out what the heck am I going to do with my life or my career. And then in late 2016, I started a business called Debt Maven. So basically think about a platform that connects private equity firms with lenders, uh, have mm-hmm. 400 lenders in the network. And the whole idea is, a bit, I mean, how do you basically be the e-harmony of lower middle market debt financing? So raised a couple hundred, hundred thousand dollars, built a team. Uh, we sourced seven hundred and fifty million dollars of deal flow. And actually half of that came from LinkedIn for free. So uh, with with debt Maven, ran it for a couple of years and just decided that I, I, I don't think I was as passionate uh, as I. Needed to be about the technology platform, didn't raise enough money, uh, failed with vision, and just a whole bunch of you know first-time founder mistakes. Um, but, but you know this was at the end of 2018 when I decided to really shut down the technology platform, but I kept the brand open. And I'll come back in a couple of seconds why that's important for keeping the brand open. But at the beginning of 2019. My wife and I were talking and actually it wasn't really talking. It was her telling me, you have one week to find (laughs) $15,000. So uh, I I first asked her if I could do it a legal way. She confirmed that I did. And then at the beginning of 2019, I just had to really think like, what am I best at? And what I was best at is sourcing deals through LinkedIn. And that goes back to how, 50% of the $750 million and around, you know, 55 deals that we sourced, half of that came from LinkedIn for free. And so at the beginning of 2019, I was really just freelancing because the people from my network, you know, I've been in the finance community for now 10 years, they just saw what I did on LinkedIn. They were kind of curious. And they basically said, you know, here's five or ten thousand. Can you just do whatever you did for us? You know, one thing led to the next, and you know, actually, some of our earlier clients, uh, our earliest clients who really got us off the ground, were firms like uh, uh, SPS, uh, Compufit, Middle Ground Capital, Nepfin, my former investment bank at BDA Partners, and uh, Live Oak Bank. And so, one of the things that I was really kind of curious about is like is this going to work for you know outside of me and at the on the second half of last year in 2019 that's when our clients started to say the first post you did for me got me four new deals the another client said the first post you did got me five new deals Um, in fact you know I'm I'm down here in LA right now and we've been on a, a week of pitching new business and in every single meeting the managing partners are mentioning how they see our videos they see our posts on linkedin even though they don't like or comment on the post they definitely view that Um, and so you know I'll, i'll kind of get into some of the tactics uh here in a here in a couple minutes but to kind of round out the story with 51 labs I really started because out of necessity, you know, I don't have a marketing background. I come from investment banking and, and doing a fintech platform, and I just kind of fell my way and uh, stumbled my way into this. And so now we have a, a team here in the U.S. We have a team overseas, a couple videographers, and what 51 Labs is best at are kind of two swim lanes, number one, LinkedIn, and number two, video. So, for example, on LinkedIn, how do we get you 10,000 views a week for free? And then on video, how do we make sure you have a quality brand video that doesn't just suck and it's this corporate? Let's get in suits and ties and pretend like we're something that we're not. Um, you know, our 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 vibe, our tone is kind of the the anti corporate, um, and I think that kind of leads to an interesting topic that we can explore in terms of the state of the market with today's M and A community versus the last vintage and kind of the the earlier decades, but uh, yeah, you know we're focused on LinkedIn and video, and uh, that's uh, that's kind of the life story. I think one other thing to note is uh, a couple years ago I started a nonprofit called Elite Meet, uh, co-founded it with a former Navy SEAL, and you know that's a passion of mine is helping transitioning veterans. Uh, this nonprofit Elite Meet helps transitioning special operations. Uh, veterans, as well as fighter pilots and uh, intelligence agencies, uh, veterans from those communities to get jobs. Uh, we've gotten 200 people jobs, have a million dollars of sponsorship, and have 800 members, done 55 events, and people can check out the organization at uh, Elite Meet, uh, just kind of googling them.
0: How about that? And I would I would uh, encourage our audience. I mean, I'm a visual person. We're talking about digital marketing. We're talking about visuals. I would strongly recommend uh, anybody to go into LinkedIn and look up the company uh, 51 Labs, and you're going to see probably about a half dozen of the videos that uh, the digital uh, marketing videos that you've done uh, for a variety of private equity uh, funds, the lower middle market ones. And I got to tell you, they are absolutely professional. They are not templated where each each video looks like the other one, so it's not you know insert name here and have the same couple shots. Uh, sweeping cinematography, great audio. Which you can kill a video by having lousy audio, and it's absolutely professional. And you know what? People need to kind of put a, a face to the names they see on XYZ Capital. And let's talk about real quick the market out there for the lower middle market. I mean. The the need is for lower middle market private equity funds to stand out from the crowd. How many how many are out there, and tell us the value that they get uh, from from doing this kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I, actually, if we could rewind just a little bit on the sure. uh, company page. So this is a, mm-hmm. this is actually a very interesting takeaway for the for everyone to remember. I don't have a website right now. We're launching it next month our company LinkedIn page is actually not that good. And this is really, really important. There is a misconception in the market that when you're active on LinkedIn, it needs to be company down, but that is the opposite of what works in our market and the opposite of what works on LinkedIn. So what does work is if you go to, to my LinkedIn page, my personal LinkedIn page, just type in Jordan Selleck on LinkedIn, and you go to my post, the posts in a given week for me are getting, you know, five to 15,000 views for free. If you do those same posts on your company page, you might get a tenth of that if you're lucky. And that's because wow. the algorithm wants you to pay for that. So uh, we can come back to kind of some of the, 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 the top mistakes on LinkedIn. In fact, here are three very, very easy ones. So, you know, I was actually looking through your posts, and like one of the one of the quick fixes for your posts, Patrick, are not doing external links. So that's kind of mistake one number one. And mistake number two that people make is sharing. On LinkedIn, sharing is not caring. So, for example, if you close a fifty million dollar deal, do not post to your company page and then share it to your network. It won't work. I've seen it for three years. Personally and with our clients. Uh, Number three, and I think the biggest mistake is people produce boring content. If you just get your PR newswire link from the 100, 200 million dollar deal that you did, you copy and paste it and you press post. It sucks. Like, just be honest with yourself. It's bad content. And so we're in this new era of private equity, private credit, the M and A community, where people don't do business with brands. They do business with other people. And this is particular to the lower middle market. An example of that, let's say a well-known lawyer from one firm jumps to another and they have a great tech practice. A lot of the clients aren't gonna stay with that same law firm. They're gonna follow you know, Jane Smith, who's going over to the new firm because they like Jane. They've been working with her for 10 years. They seared all the ACGs. She posts online and it's her brand. And that's a really interesting takeaway for our market is don't focus on the company. Focus on your personal brands uh, because it is what the market longs for. They want to know who are you, not the brand in the lower middle market. And secondly, it just doesn't work on LinkedIn to do company posts unless you're going to throw tens of thousands of dollars behind it. That's more like core middle market and large uh, large cap.
0: Well, let's let's talk about your ideal client uh, in terms of the, the need is to set yourself apart from the rest of, rest of the uh, competitors, the other yeah. players in the market. And let's give, an, give the audience an idea. How large is the lower middle market for private equity, And number one? And then number two, how does this help them separate themselves?
1: Yeah. So, you know, you're in private equity and private credit you're talking thousands of firms right you can have anywhere between depending on how you slice and dice it funded or independent sponsor which is now a very large community yeah. you know you're talking 2 to 5000 firms depending on how you how you slice it the fundamental argument to the firms that we're speaking with is that you know i'll i'll come in there to do a vlog a you know a 20 minute video interview and they'll usually start off saying the reason why we are different is that we have an operating bench. I'm like, cool, I have never heard that before. Okay, no, no, the reason why we're different is that we focus on entrepreneurs and founder own businesses. I'm like, cool, I've never heard that before. And so they say, no, no, we focus on the lower middle market. Like, you know, two to 10 of EBITDAF, sometimes we'll go a little below that because we're really focused on that side of the market. And I say, cool. I've never heard that before. And so one of the things that, you know, the state of the market today is that equity capital and credit is commoditized. It's just a reality. I think people know that, but they don't really know what to do about that. For example, if you just zoom into industrial lower middle market private equity, we could probably rattle off 50 firms that are either solely focused on it, that's one of their three target areas, or they're generalists and they do a lot of industrial deals. So if you're in a auction process, if you're in a, you know, a small process, like what's really separating you? How, how are you different to the sellers? How are you front of mind with the advisor community? How are you doing something different to LPs because you're one of 50-plus industrial-focused private equity firms? And one of the things that we've discovered is that the market wants to follow the journey. And there are kind of two things. Number one, awareness. And number two, reputation. Do people know about you? And do people like you and trust you? For example, with Reputation, one of our clients uh, sent us out to their portfolio company to shoot some video, and we were talking to the seller who had the business for over 40 years. And I asked him on camera, why did you sell to this firm? And without flinching, he said, well, you know what? You weren't the highest price, but I really, I I did a lot of research on you. I saw your videos and I saw kind of what you have uh, online, and it, it just made me feel that you really understood manufacturing. Wow. And so that, that to us, number one, I, I verified that was, we were recording that. I was like, great testimonial, let's get this one. <laughs> um,
0: oh, that's a one but, in a million, yes.
1: But when, if, if you have 10 private equity firms that are uh, all in industrials, and let's say all of their information is the same, um, like who are you going to do business with? You're going to do business with the person you consistently see in a positive way, and price is not the only variable. Um, so the it's been really interesting actually, because uh, you know honestly, I did not know the aspects such as LPs wanted to see this. I didn't know that our clients would show this at their AGM. Um, I didn't know that and here's actually another really cool case study. One of our clients did a post. Uh, about a manager at one of their portfolio companies. It got something like 25,000 plus views over over a couple of posts. That manager saw the post, and then she did a before and after post in the manufacturing facility about an area that they cleaned up and they improved and that they're applying kinds and principles. That post got like 275 likes on LinkedIn and 50,000 views. So- What 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 is this really saying? A manager at a private equity-owned portfolio company feels more deeply connected to the private equity owners. Now the private equity owners get to show a completely different image to their LPs, to the sellers who say, like, do they actually care about their businesses? The shop manager and the others at the portfolio company now think, um, like, our owners really care about us. So it's a win all around.
0: Gosh, you'll, I can imagine that as people watch these videos, they're picturing themselves being interviewed or being highlighted in, in this way. I, I can only imagine. Uh, there's a uh, a private equity firm out of Chicago called Parker Gale, and they have a podcast and one of the most popular podcasts, actually, and they would interview people throughout M&A and technology and, and so forth. Uh, well, their most popular podcasts were conversations with interns that were working for them, then going off to business school and then being recruited back. And you can, you can get the the feel and now they're, they're doing the same thing where they're doing interviews of their portfolio companies, the principals of their portfolio companies and, and talking about it. So I, I think it has a great cumulative effect uh, along the way. You had brought this up earlier, but why don't we just briefly go over how have things changed in digital marketing, particularly for private equity in the lower middle market, in the last 10 years.
1: So I have a thesis called BD Version 3.0, and BD Version 1.0 was you know multiple vintages ago when your partners or principals are responsible for doing their own deal sourcing through their vast, deep networks. Version 2.0 happened you know five or 10 years ago, really in the past five years, where BD became a distinct function and it became a a whole career track. And then version 3.0, which really happened, I think in the past year, is when the BD and investment professionals generally are starting to realize that they can't just do what everyone else does in terms of rely on the Rolodex of people that they've known with a few people, go to the same conferences that everyone else is going to, Um, and do things in a very one-to-one way, they have to do things in a one-to-many way that complements the one-to-one. And that's really where the digital marketing skill set comes in. And it could be a little bit nerve-wracking, like, okay, what the hell do I post? What do I even say in an email blast? Do people even care about what I'm doing? Or is it spammy? I thought this was private equity. I thought this was private credit but we're not in that area like those days are are gone you need to make a decision as a firm are you going to be private and you truly don't need a website um or are you going to be where we are at today in this new reality of bd version 3.0 which is using the digital marketing skill set with what you have been doing and building on top of that so what does that kind of specifically mean one are you doing do you have a linkedin strategy And are you consistently executing as uh, a small team or firm wide, including the administrative assistants? Um, So, with LinkedIn marketing, do you have a video strategy? For example, we just did a study of private equity firms, and 95% of sponsors do not have a single video. If you look back on LinkedIn, 77% of the 330 individuals that we study, 77% have never done a single post on LinkedIn. 88% have either never done or they rarely post. And that's not even talking about the quality of the post because when people do post, it's usually boring content. They just copy and paste mm-hmm. an external link. So number one, sponsors, lenders, bankers, everyone else in this MA community, you need to have a LinkedIn strategy that you're consistently doing. Number two, you need to have some type of videos, whether it's one brand video and 10 quick creatives that are easy to do, you need to have something because people will see it and they will see it, if you uh, others who have it. Uh, number three, you need to have an email strategy. So this is more than just your one-to-one communication. You need to have quarterly, at least quarterly, email blasts that go out to a targeted group that is pulled from your CRM. Um, A lot of firms, I think they've, the vast majority of our market has come up to speed, they're now leveraging CRMs effectively, um, but it's not integrated into the other stuff that they should be doing. So, you know, breaking it down and and, and kind of rehashing this, um, one LinkedIn strategy, two, video marketing, uh, three, having uh, email marketing, and four, I just completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: the, I the those, bottom I think those three are three more than mo- what, what most companies are doing right now. So I think you get... But, but actually,
1: and he, and he, here's why this is important, though. It's important because if you're a small fund and you're, if you're an emerging manager or if you're just generally a smaller fund especially, you need to you need to use these tools to leverage yourself. Because you can only go to so many conferences. You can only do yeah. so many calls and meetings in a day. And here's, he, from this trip, there is one quote that stuck out to me this entire trip to LA. And that's when I went to ACG Orange County and a managing shareholder of a law firm here said, I think I've talked to you maybe two times but i feel that i know you better than anybody else in this room because i follow your posts on linkedin and that's when it sunk in that this is what our market feels they they they've been watching the story even though they never like comment but they definitely view the the content
0: i can second that i can absolutely second that with our audience and and uh, both on on our podcast for MA masters and then our content pieces that go out, where uh, I will come across people and they and you can't tell whether or not they downloaded or they open things, but they've seen it and they're oh you're the you're the firm yeah you you do these every month or you do these every couple of weeks okay and so and you never really know until out of the blue they come up and they show you a whole bunch of your content or they reply to your email blast. To Mm. say I have a deal, I have a quick question for you, and they're replying to your your uh, your your email blast, which is is a lot of fun. It's very very uh, heartwarming and so forth. Well, yeah, I I have another
1: thought. I have another thought here, which is if you are a BD professional, what percentage of your job is telling people about what you do? Like literally half of your job, and that's at least this is. your job as a BD professional is sales and marketing. And yes, there is the part of it where you are truly like assessing deals, you're working with your IC, you're working with the rest of your team and thinking through deals, but half of your job is just getting your name out there and staying in front of people. So why would you not use tools that make your life easier and give you leverage and that are one to many to complement what you have been doing for five to 10 years? Absolutely.
0: Well, why don't you briefly tell us? Uh, because I'm sure there are now uh, many, many of our listeners here who would uh, are interested, or you caught their attention. Talk about an, the engagement process. How do how do you uh, onboard the client? What's that look like? And um, you know, give us a profile of your ideal client.
1: Yeah, our our, our clients are exclusively within the private equity, private credit, uh, general lending. Uh, M and A community. It, it's really like, how can I be the marketing firm of this, of the lower middle market? Plus, I, I think like the Oprah Winfrey of the lower middle market. Like that's what I'm trying to be. Um, so a typical engagement would be, for example, like we're gonna like next week we're flying out to Chicago to to do a shoot with one of our uh, uh, private equity clients. On uh, uh, on Wednesday we're gonna be at their office and we're gonna be. Doing interviews with their team, getting the brand video done, and then day two, we're actually doing a portfolio company shoot at their newly acquired company in Chicago. Um, Within five business days, we turn the brand video to them, which usually takes 10 to 15 days with others. Um, And then with that brand video, it just gives us so much content that we can use to fill out their LinkedIn calendar for three months ahead. And so depending on the client's needs, what we'll usually do is we will do the content strategy that you can use across email, LinkedIn, however you want. And then we will do the content planning on LinkedIn. We will do the content drafting. We will do the content execution and then the actual tracking and then all of that includes the the video services, uh, which is you know really complementary to LinkedIn because it's getting really high um, engagement right now. So uh, you know a typical project will be anywhere between one to three months, and then we kind of decide you know is this working? Do we need to readjust? So for example, uh, one of our industrial uh, private equity clients said I you know, thank you for making us number one on LinkedIn. Uh, now we just acquired a couple more companies and we'd like for you to just focus on doing video uh, for that. You, you gave us the tools that we need and we can execute on LinkedIn. Perfect. Uh, another client, Live Oak Bank, they they have a 25 person marketing team. All they wanted was our LinkedIn playbook and for us to do a workshop for them. And actually on their first deal, they got five, uh, on their first post, they got five new inbound. Um, wow. So it, it's, you know, a typical engagement is one to three months, it really depends on where they're at. Um, it can be anywhere between, you know, five and $25,000 a month, it, it all depends on the scope of the services. Um, but you know, there, there there are a couple of basic packages. And it's, it's really tailored to what they need. I, I wish I could give, you know, here are the three standard options, but it's just, there's so many different variables that go in and, and what they're, where they're at. Um, I think, I
0: think it's, it's, as, as something as specialized, as this is tailored specifically to whatever the particular needs are for each respective client and that, and that highlights their strengths or needs, uh, ideally. And that's, nobody wants a one size fits all off the shelf canned product. So that's, that's great news.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it has been simultaneously good but also a pain because you're figuring out wait how do I actually yeah. price this? Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: uh, understood. Well, and it, if if you're making a 10x to 25x return, uh, price price becomes no object.
1: That's I didn't actually understand that until some of our clients said, yeah, why would we not? This costs us you know 10k to do a brand video and it brings in. One deal, guess how much we're going to make off off that?
0: How can our audience, because I'm sure they're chomping at the bit right now, how can they get a hold
1: of you? Easiest way is go to LinkedIn and type in Jordan Selleck, uh, S-E-L-L-E-C-K, or you can hit me up on email at jordan at 5149labs.com. That's 5149labs.com. Don't go to our website. We don't have one. We don't really haven't needed one. Uh, need hit one. me up. That's great. No, we really haven't. Um, so hit us up on LinkedIn uh, or on email and, you know, we respond quickly.
0: Oh, great. Jordan, thank you very much. And on top of all this, I have a feeling you and I are going to be working together in the very near future. So thank you again for being, uh, being a guest today.
1: Looking forward to it. Thank you.